Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Work Alchemy podcast series on impact, talking with entrepreneurs and organizational leaders who contribute to building a more cooperative and positive future. I'm Ursula York, the host of this series. I'm a mentor to business people who want to have a positive effect on the world around them, building strong businesses by creating value for their clients, team members, and the larger world. I am so passionate about sharing with you the stories of entrepreneurs and leaders who have have impact. They're inspiring and energizing role models. I hope you use what you learn here to be inspired about what you can do in your business and beyond. For ongoing inspiration and support to get clear on your impact and put it into action, enter your name and email at workalchemy.com. Today's guest in this podcast series on impact is Catherine O'Sullivan. Catherine is the head of Google's internal leadership consulting practice. She and her team work with executives across Google, all amazing leaders, and supports them in tackling the world's biggest challenges. She describes this work as humbling, rewarding, and challenging. Catherine comes from a small town in Germany. After college, she left for London to seek adventure. Ten years, four companies, and four countries later, she ended up in Silicon Valley. She has, sometimes more, sometimes less, enjoyed working in different positions across HR, sales, operations, and business development. Her path wasn't the straightforward, out-of-elite college, into-fast-career-track route. It was more of a follow-your-bliss-and-seize-the-moment approach, a bit of trial and error involved. Catherine says she still hasn't figured it all out, and maybe that's the secret. Catherine has lived in five countries. She thrives on connecting with people and places. She has a keen interest in exploring our inner world, what connects us, and what makes us unique. She strongly believes that in order to thrive in our busy world of complexity and ambiguity, we need to cultivate time for silence and introspection. Tapping into our intuition is a powerful way to restore us and guide us to fulfillment. Catherine tries to bring a playful approach to life and work and encourages people around her to live from the heart. She is an ACHE certified hypnotherapist and ICF accredited integral coach. She supports the Center for Nonprofit Coaching and has worked with people from many walks of life, from corporate and nonprofit executives to published writers, filmmakers, and academics. Coaching is her passion and her forte. So welcome to the podcast, Catherine. I'm so delighted you're here. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. So Tell me uh, and, and share with us, you've had such a varied career that's included tech companies and your own coaching practice. What is it that drew you to create this blend in particular? You know, it kind of just happened. You said it in, in your intro. Um, I, I actually wanted to be a high school teacher. Huh. Um, I have a master's in, ling- in linguistics and I have a teaching degree. Um, I don't have an MBA. I don't have a technical background. So sometimes I wonder myself, how did I end up in Silicon Valley? (laughs) I I, I certainly don't have the quote-unquote pedigree that most of my coworkers have. In fact, I was home recently for my um, high school reunion, and my maths teacher, who I met there, told me that out of all the people he's ever taught, I would have been the last one he would have put into Silicon Valley, (laughs) (laughs) which is kind of sad, but it it also makes me laugh, right? So how did I get here? 
um, really, I think I I went with the flow. I did what what I was interested in. I followed my my passions, which is travel and working with people. I took some risks. I had fun. I think part of me is also pretty ambitious and a tad competitive, which <laughs> helps yes. in a business environment, of course. But really, I can only tell in hindsight, right? But knowing what I know about life now, I would say I followed my intuition, or you could also say I followed some sort of a higher guidance. Ah, well, tell, tell us a little bit about that. Is that something that comes to you? Has, have you always had that kind of connection with this higher guidance, or is it something that's evolved over time? I think it's something that I've learned over time um, to be more, you know, to be to be more mindful of or, or to tap into more. But I've always I've always really followed my gut as much as I could. I've always had this inner knowing that if I follow my intuition, things will turn out OK. They might not always turn out the way I want them to turn out, but <laughs> There's always a reason or it, there's, it always seems to be leading me somewhere interesting. Mm -hmm. Is it important to you to have impact in the work that you do? Is that part of the equation when you're, you're finding your way in this intuitive fashion? Absolutely. Um, I mean, really, I want to inspire people to be open to their deepest, highest truth and their inner guidance. Because I really think it will make us or it will make them more fulfilled. It will make all of us happier. And I also think if we all do it, the world will be a better place. Yeah, I so agree with you. I, uh, do, do you feel that that's part of what makes the work that you do special in some way, unique, that that is part of what you bring to your work? Yeah, Um I think, you know, if you, I think I have a good business head on my shoulders, but mm -hmm. I'm also in touch with my heart, my gut and my soul. And I think that's what's often missing in the corporate world, right, which can be very heady. Mm -hmm. You know, yes. it's, it's all about being smart and getting stuff done, beating the competition, um, going first to market, it's about the bottom line. And of course, all of that is really, really important if you want to be successful in a, in a business environment. But it can also be very fear-based. Mm -hmm. So, you know, what, what about, about the connection to oneself, the connection to each other, connection to a higher truth? I really think that's missing often. And it's hurting people. Mm -hmm. And it's hurting our planet too. And that's what I'm trying to bring to my work reconnecting to a higher purpose, which really starts by connecting to the deep truth that's within every single one of us. I love that. I um, In the, the impact work that I've been doing, it really brings that into the equation. So I'm delighted to talk with you about this because your perspective is so much in alignment with um, that whole holistic view of people rather than just a very left brain kind of classical corporate approach. I, I love that you um, talk about it largely being fear-based and how we can um, reconnect to a higher purpose as a way to uh, really bring all of ourselves into our work. Is that, is that a fair, 
Is that a fair summary or a fair way of saying what you feel is important? Yes, absolutely. Um, I mean, really, what I'm trying to do in my work is getting clients connected to themselves so mm -hmm. that they're more in alignment with who they really are. Mm -hmm. And my hope is that, you know, they'll discover how we're all connected and how we're all in this together. Is, so it's, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, no, go ahead, please. Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't want to be preachy about things like spirituality or what I call divine love. I mean, that's not something that I write on my banner in a business <laughs> context. But I think everyone is craving kindness, humanity, and meaning. And helping people to rediscover that is, is how I want to create impact um, with the people around me. Mm. You said that it's not something that you, you put in your banner or it sounds like in your marketing. Do you, do you share it with clients in conversation or is it, does it dependent on where, where they are and how you can speak with them? Yeah, so... With my clients, they, you know, in depending on what I do. So if, if I'm consulting to my clients here at Google, I definitely have them own the agenda. And I see myself as a partner, as an enabler, and maybe as an influencer. Hmm. When I work with my team, um, I'm pretty open. I'm pretty open about the fact that I'm in, in this work to help build more more wise and more compassionate leaders. So I, I definitely talk about that a lot. Mm -hmm. um, but I do it from a place of, um, yeah, how like an integrated place of, of how how it fits with the work that we're doing here at Google and, and where each individual client is at. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I love hearing that, that you're speaking with your team about that and your and your clients as well but in a way that is integrated with with the work that you're doing is what what are the important ways that you feel that you impact the people that you work with and and your clients within within Google and and elsewhere so it's really funny about 20 years ago i was at a party and there was a psychic at this party and the psychic said to me um, 20 years ago, right, that I will make a living by teaching people how to suffer less in the corporate world. <laughs> I love that. And I didn't know what, what that was supposed to mean. Um, you know, 20 years ago, I wasn't even sure if I was going to be in the corporate world. And I thought she was just a weirdo. <laughs> but now, in a way, you know, it's, it has become true, even though it's not really in my job description. <laughs> yeah, that's great. I, I worked in the corporate world myself, so I'm all for less suffering in that environment. So <laughs> that's great. And, you know, when we talk about suffering, I mean, on, I, work, I work in Google, and I'm really grateful for the culture that we have here, right? So it's not a place where, you know, it's all command and control and kind of ruled by fear. It's not that. It's more people driving themselves really hard to achieve, mm -hmm. you know, and that can also create suffering at some level. Right. It's not so obvious, but it, you know, as a coach, of course, you go deep with your clients and, you know, and there is a, a certain degree of um, questioning 
and um, you know not being necessarily happy with the status quo going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean Google is often spoken of as a very innovative company, and you're doing some really interesting things in the world, and people understandably want to be part of that. Uh, but they end up driving themselves, it sounds like, and the, the culture must reflect that too. Yeah, I mean, the, the great thing about the culture here is kind of you, you know, you make it, like you you create your own success here. Mm-hmm. And no matter what level you're at, you can, you know, you can be super innovative, you can bring great ideas, people have an open ear and listen. Um but, you know, sometimes, and this is not about Google, but about Silicon Valley in general, I, I actually think it's ironic how in Silicon Valley, we're all striving to build technology that will make the world a better place. Mm-hmm. When really, we can make the world a better place right here, right now, by waking up and becoming aware of the web of life that connects us all. And I really think if we all recognize that, the world would be a better place in an instant. <laughs> I agree with you. I think you're absolutely right. And do you feel that your your presence, you holding that intention with your work, that is it influencing the industry? I mean, I, I do you feel that there's that you're part of something that's having an influence in in the tech world? Well, I, I I think there's a lot of kindred spirits, right? And we're all working together to kind of raise consciousness in business and in tech. Um, and again, you know, I, I really think it's about human connection. Um, and, and I love technology, don't get me wrong. I mean, I admire all the people who build it. It's amazing what the human brain is capable of. But we need to be more than just brains, right? If we want meaning and belonging, and if we want to create a world where everyone can thrive, we need to be more than just walking brains. Mm-hmm. I was so uh, surprised. I attended the Wisdom 2.0 conference in San Francisco in February. Have you ever been to that conference? Yes, I have. Yeah, and it's uh, it's such an amazing venue for, originally it was a tech company um, idea. The the founder was really focused on tech companies, but it was so great to see these major companies talking about mindfulness and, um, you know, meaning and in, in, in their work and connecting with people. I, I loved hearing that. So, um, and you're, what you're doing is, is so much part of that. It's fantastic. Do you, do you feel that your, your work, is it a reflection of, your values, the things that you feel are most important. It, it's something I've been asking people in this podcast series. And uh, I, I feel that the impact that you want to have, the positive contribution that you want to make is so much informed by your your values. So I'm curious to hear your perspective on that, if, if you agree or have another perspective. Yes, I, I totally agree. So my, my values are based around truth and connection. So what I mean by that is being real rather than being right and looking for the deepest truth, connecting to self, connecting to others, connecting to a higher purpose. Um, I mean, what that means for my work is that I want to create a space where people can have open and honest dialogue, Mm -hmm. where we learn to honor each other's opinion 
where I don't have to have all the answers or push my own agenda, even if I'm in charge. Right. So, so in many ways, it's not so much about what I do, but how I do it. And, and when I come from that place, the results tend to be great. Like often, I, I think it's like magic, right? Or I call it grace. <laughs> yeah. and, and it works for my clients, too. So f- like, for example, when I coach a senior leader and they are stuck and trying to make progress on a challenge um, and they've tried so many things to figure it out, right? Because they're really, really smart people. Mm-hmm. But it's often not about the what, it's about the how, how they approach their business, who they want to be as a leader, how they are aligned with their values and working on their way of being opens up new possibilities and gets people unstuck. Sometimes actually pretty quickly. And the execution then follows and is often a lot more impactful. And it feels like less of a struggle, more more like a flow and, and more like fun too. <laughs> yeah, that's a great aspect to, to add into the mix too, is having some fun along the way. Yes, I, it's funny. I always say Americans don't play enough. <laughs> Not to say that Germans play a lot, but <laughs> I find, you know, I find when I see the world as my playground, uh, life just feels better. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I love what you said about uh, real versus right. And it's such a, a struggle for people, I think, who come from a more conventional corporate environment because being right is so much the role that you, you, um, there's an expectation of that, I think, among people and, and being real with people and having open and honest dialogue, as you said, is, is a so much more effective way to connect with people and lead. It's not all about knowing all the answers. Exactly. I mean, I think knowing all the answers is kind of an old leadership paradigm. Yeah. And it just can't hold true anymore in this world of complexity where everybody has instant access to knowledge. Right. Right. It's not about it's not about having the knowledge. It's about applying the the wisdom of the crowd. Right. The wisdom of the team. Mm -hmm. And as a leader, if I can't unleash that wisdom of the team, um, I'm not going to get the outcome that I need in, in this day and age or that I want, right? Because yeah. I just, I can't do it all by myself. It's it's impossible. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and leaders' ability to bring in everyone's involvement and, and making that a real, really powerful part of their leadership is, I mean, that's what makes teams successful. Yeah, and it's not easy, right? Mm-hmm. Because it, it requires... It requires, a, on the leader's part, it requires a certain degree of vulnerability, right. admitting not, not having all the answers, or even admitting not exactly knowing what, you know, the, the next big milestones are. I mean, we're working in really, really complex systems these days, right? And the, oftentimes, traditional business plans don't really work anymore, because cause and effect is hard to predict in complex systems. So it's really around observing what's going on around you. And I think, you know, if the, if the leader does that by themselves, you know, there, there's just not enough capacity to do that. You need the team and you need to together, you need to look at the system and decide you know, what parts of the system are we going to nudge and, and 
what's going to yield us results and what do we need to amplify and what do we need to dampen down. And I, I don't think in this day and age, it's realistic to have a 10 year business plan. Mm-hmm. I agree. In many ways. Yeah. I mean, yes, you, you absolutely need a vision and you need a direction. But you need to be super agile mm-hmm. um, on your path and, and always, always, you know, observing the data, everything that the system gives you and, you know, working with your intuition, with your people's intuition to kind of stumble. <laughs> it's not very elegant, but sometimes it feels like we're stumbling forward. Um, but I think that's what innovation is, right? It's taking some taking some risks. Yeah, absolutely. Is Do you feel that, do you bring this into conversation with the leaders that you work with of, of connecting to a higher purpose? It's, it's the way I've been looking at impact as a, a way for leaders within companies to also look at what kind of impact do they want to have and allow employees to do the same. And when you can all be clear about that, you can find the right place for people. You can work together more effectively. I wonder if, if that is part of what you work with people on, or if that would be kind of, I I see it as taking that whole values focus that a lot of companies have had to another level. Yeah, I mean, I I probably wouldn't ask people, what's your higher purpose? But I will definitely ask them what's important to you. Mm-hmm. And I think there's all, you know, it's... I've been thinking a lot lately about the um, the best way I can frame it is my uh, one of my teachers, James Flaherty, the founder of New Ventures West, mm-hmm. which is the coaching school that I went to. He recently talked about um, declaring and discovering. So declaring what your purpose is or, or maybe what your direction is, what your vision is, right? Putting out there the intention, what it is maybe that you want to dedicate your life to, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's also a discovery piece, meaning that you can't get too attached to what the actual outcome looks like. It's more of a dance with life. Mm-hmm. It's, it's while you're holding your, your intention, you're also listening. You know, you're listening for guidance. You're looking at the system. Maybe also checking in that what you're doing actually comes from your, you know, from your, I would call it soul, from your soul, not from your ego. Mm-hmm. So holding those two things, right, declaring what you want and then also discovering kind of what life wants from you mm-hmm. and, and, and holding these two and working with these two. Because oftentimes what I find is, um, especially coaching younger people who are, you know, really wanting to go for it, right? Right. And, and it's nearly like tunnel vision. This is my purpose. This is what I want to achieve. Um, I think there's another piece around um, life will also throw you some curveballs. Right. <laughs> so you better, you know, you better learn early to, to listen and to experience and not just go for it right. with blinders on. Mm-hmm. And it's an inner and an outer listening. I mean, listening to what's going on around you, but also 
what's shifting within you, which is inevitably what happens as you step forward, the landscape changes, your response to it can shift. Absolutely. I mean, really, what I found in my own life, the more I work with my inner world, the more my outer world aligns. Mm -hmm. But that's very experiential, right? And that's very, very difficult to explain. (laughs) But I do, you know, I sometimes, you know, when clients, you know, work, when I when I feel that clients are ready for this kind of work, we do this kind of work. Yeah. And it, it works beautifully. Yeah, that's awesome. Is your desire to to have impact, to be this agent of positive change that you are being, um, how how did that evolve? Did you start off have you always felt this way in, about your work or did you develop that focus over time? Yeah, it's funny. No, actually, no, the answer is, um, yes, I developed it over time, but I wasn't, you know, I wasn't one of these 20 year olds who wanted to change the world for the better. (laughs) Right. Uh, I was a a happy go lucky person, you know, with what I thought was a pretty smooth life Mm -hmm. up until my early 30s. I was just happy to climb the career ladder, to do interesting stuff, to travel, earn good money. But then I went through a really, really painful divorce and my whole world crumbled. Mm. And for the first time in my life, I understood what real pain felt like. Mm. And as I was going through that process, I discovered that there was a lot more pain that I had never dealt with before. Mm. And it was really through that pain that I started to look for meaning and connection And in hindsight now, I can say that it turned me into a deeper, more compassionate, and I guess wiser person over time. I mean, obviously, the process is still ongoing. (laughs) Um, But, you know, but through my own personal journey, that I have learned that everything I need is inside and around myself. Hmm. And I'm protected, I'm safe, and I'm strong. Even though, of course, life throws curveballs and can be pretty scary at times. And, and life is gritty, but there's always grace, and we can tap into that mm. at any time and heal. And and really, this is what I'd like to pass on to others, this inner knowing that will be all right, um, that we can be real, right? And that ultimately, we're safe and we belong here just the way we are. I love hearing you say that, that uh, there's so much within us that is uh, we can tap into, that there's this inner wisdom that we carry. And thank you for sharing your personal story. I, so many people come to this deeper kind of sense of themselves and their work through a really painful experience. And, and you sometimes wish it wouldn't have to be so, but it seems to certainly bring people to that point. So thank you for sharing that. In, in the course of all of this, uh, do you feel that your own self-care affects your ability to have impact? I mean, having gone through that difficult experience and also even in the day-to-day of, of your work now, do you, are there particular aspects of, of your self-care that feel particularly important to you? Yes. I make a lot of time and space for self-care. <laughs> I have a whole team. <laughs> I have a therapist. I have a coach. I have a yoga teacher. <laughs> I have a few mentors and other teachers, and of course, my community of fellow coaches, Mm -hmm. and my friends and family. So (laughs) you could say maybe 
part of me is indulging a little too much in self-care. <laughs> but but seriously, I mean, you know, if I want to bring truth and connection to the world, it needs to start with myself. Yeah. And really, in order to get to that inner core, there's a lot of healing that wants to happen. And there's a lot of avenues to get there, like the body, the mind, the heart, emotions, relationships. Um, to me, it's prayer also. Hmm. I crave a lot of quiet time, like hmm. especially with my busy job and I have a fairly busy social life. So I am in nature as much as I can. I exercise a lot. I meditate pretty much every morning. Um, yeah, um, I, I also I've learned to try to or I've, I've, I'm trying to be in touch with my body way more than I ever was, because mm -hmm. um, I think that the body holds a lot of truth as well. Mm -hmm. But but since you asked me what the most important aspect to self-care is, um, I think I have to name two. One is constantly trying to find my center mm -hmm. and be in touch with that. Mm -hmm. And then the other is to be compassionate with myself when I don't get there. <laughs> because I don't always. I mean, believe me, I have total off-center moments where parts of me get triggered badly. Sure. And that's where, that's where self-compassion is so important. Mm -hmm. Well, and we all do. I, I, it's so great to hear that you're choosing to support yourself in this way. Because I think particularly for people that are trying to work at this very deep level, it's so important to take care of yourself and to be able to come into the world and your work on that level, you really have to um, have a container for that. And, and it all, as you said, it, it begins with you. So um, yeah, and I love that compassion component because you're, you're certainly not alone and everyone has those off kilter times. So it's, uh, it, it really helps to stay keep an even keel is to not go off on a tangent of self-doubt or self-criticism to really hold those times with a compassionate hand. So, yeah. And, and what I found, you know, like <laughs> self-criticism, you know, I, I think I have a very big inner critic, but what I found is that, you know, when you, when you can listen to the emotions that are there, right somewhere underneath that inner critic, um, and when I'm learning to accept those quote unquote negative feelings mm -hmm. and and stay with them and move through them, I get to a place where I touch a very, very deep truth. So I think in our culture, we, we are always looking to be free from pain and suffering. Mm -hmm. But first of all, it's an illusion, right? We can never be free from from pain and suffering, um, at least not for, you know, on a consistent basis for a whole life, or at least I don't think we can. Mm -hmm. um, but in many ways, right, we're, we're trying to avoid them, but really we need them um, because it's part of being real and becoming real, right? Yes. And, and it's also making space, you know, making space and allowing for that, um, not to say that everybody should bring their, you know, their triggers into the workplace all the time. That's not what I mean, right? Mm -hmm. It's not about not regulating your emotions, but it's about giving yourself permission to be sad, giving yourself permission to 
you know, to be angry and, and moving through that and, and see what's at the other end of it. Mm-hmm. Well, at least in your larger life that you allow room for whatever it is that comes up for you, whatever feelings are there, because the suppressing them just, I, I, in my experience, and I've, I've, others have said this too, that if you're holding something back in one realm, that it leaks into other areas. And I think being in terms of how that translates into business leadership, it's very difficult to be present and to be real when you're not in touch with yourself. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, there's so you know, if you look at at leaders, um, there is so. I mean, the modern demands on leaders are just so crazy and so. Um, it, it can be such a big burden, right? Like you really need to to find a solid foundation to to hold steady in 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 an environment where things are always changing and always shifting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, have you when you've run into obstacles or barriers um, in 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 your own life, your own work? How how and in ter- in terms of barriers in making the impact that you want to have? How have you how have you addressed that? How have you moved through that? If you'd be willing to share an example, I just think it's so helpful to people for people to hear others' stories about. Well, yes, I I want to have this impact, but it's it was really hard for me to do so in this particular situation, and I was able to bring resources to bear or work my way through that. So, if you're willing, it'd be great to to hear your views on that. Yeah, I mean, th- th- there's a couple of thoughts that come up. So one is um, somebody once said to me, look at life, like look at it in terms of the seasons, you know, like some, you know, it's not always harvest time. Mm -hmm. You need gestation periods, right? You, you need to wait. Sometimes you need to be patient. You need to trust the process. So that in itself is helpful, right? Mm -hmm. Knowing that it's not, even though we, we like to think that we can, crank out stuff all the time and have impact (laughs) all the time. Um, That's probably more the ego driven impact. Mm -hmm. And I, what I find with the ego driven and what I mean by ego driven impact is um, doing what you think you should do (laughs) rather than what's really in alignment with yourself. Mm -hmm. But often, you know, when, when you're doing things you think you should do in order to get to the impact, it feels like pushing a rock up a hill, right? <laughs> right. Like it's, it can easily lead to burnout. I also think it can be really harmful, actually, mm-hmm. you know, to the people around you or even like the larger community. Um, so... Um, again, it's about, it's a, it's, it's about having your intention for your impact, right? But then also discovering how can you co-create, you know, with the system around you to get there rather than just trying to push it. Like I always find when I try to push stuff myself Mm -hmm. and I want to be in charge of everything and I want it my way it just doesn't work very well. And that's kind of the biggest barrier for me, right? Not being in alignment, being impatient, Mm. um, or being fearful or being too attached to outcome. 
That's great. I I love what you said there about co-creation, and it really speaks to your value of connection with other people, that when you're you're able to collaborate or come together with others to have the impact that you want to have, that's when it feels easier and flows better, is a more powerful experience. Yeah, and you know, in an ideal world, of course, we would want to be in, or I would want to be in flow all the time. Yeah, right. And then I, I have to remind myself, it's about being real. It's not about being perfect, right? Right, right. So um, it's not that I'm not struggling. Yeah. <laughs> well, and we all are. I, uh, I is is there insights or are there insights or advice that you would share with another business owner who's asking themselves, how can I positively, positively affect my own environment, have the impact that I want to have? Is there something that you'd share with people? So I, I can't, I I don't, I've never really owned my own business. Right. So, Mm -hmm. um, sure. I don't want to speak from the lens of a business owner, but what I would say is, Ask, ask with what's your soul hungry for or what's your heart's desire? You know, it's a big difference whether it's your ego's desire or your heart's desire. Um, and then don't get too attached to outcome, but do be really clear with your intention or with your direction. Um, yeah, but, you know, it's. Of course, it's hard, you know, from from a business owner's perspective. I can see, you know, if I, if I put myself in the shoes of a business owner, they can see, oh, that's easy for her to say <laughs> well, well, with her paycheck coming in every every month, right? Mm-hmm. I get that. Um, but I guess, you know, what I've learned or what I've experienced it, it trusting the process and and really holding firm with your intention will, will, will yield you results and, and also relying on, on the community around you. Mm. And from a leader's perspective, I mean, you're a leader within your organization and you're, you're coaching other leaders. Is there, is that the same thing you would? Yeah. I mean, I really think, you know, I think the most successful leaders, that I've worked with are the ones who are not afraid of taking risks and, and making mistakes um, and, and go for, for what they believe in and, and bringing their people along. Um, so it's yeah. really about, it's really about um, believing in in what you know what their intention is but then also as i said earlier really observing the environment around them and and really working with the system with the team on on making things happen and you know if it doesn't yield the results course correct right mm-hmm. and and don't hold on to your five step or 10 step plan if if it doesn't work you know that that's what what leadership agility is all about right yeah, well, thank you for that. And and thank you so much for everything that you've spoken about today, Catherine. I, I love the the fact that you want to bring, want to help people bring not just their head to their work, but also their heart, their gut, their soul, 
and to really connect with themselves as a way to be real with the people they're working with and uh, real versus right, as you said. Um, so I, I, I so appreciate your broader perspective about how this is really shifting things in the workplace and, um, and how you see um, your role in that and, and the role of the people that you work with. So thank you so much for sharing all of that today. I, I, I really appreciate your perspective and I'm, I'm sure it will be inspiring for the people listening. Well, thanks. I've, I've really enjoyed our conversation. Great. Yeah, me too. If people would like to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to reach you? Um, best way is through LinkedIn. Okay. Great. Well, thank you so much again, Catherine, for joining us. And join us for more podcasts on impact. Subscribe to the Work Alchemy podcast channel on iTunes or Stitcher Radio so you'll be notified as soon as new podcasts are available. Thank you to everyone listening for being here. Until next time, to keep that positive flow of energy going in your business so you can have your own impact, join our community of entrepreneurs like you by entering your name and email at workalchemy.com. <music>